Star Wars sequel trilogy is back in the news as John Boyega is promoting projects, Ryan Johnson's promoting projects, and anytime someone who was in Star Wars is talking about other stuff, they get asked about Star Wars. And it has us thinking, with Star Wars having new movies eventually coming, what lessons were learned from how the sequel trilogy was made? So that will be our main discussion today on the Resistance broadcast. So thanks to everybody for joining us. September 8th, less than two weeks away from Andor. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, we have TRB Live coming uh, live each day an uh, Andor episode comes out, including that first one, which is going to be covering three episodes of that show. So that should be quite the beast. Um, but running the gauntlet with me, as always, Lacey and James. Uh, what's going on? With, what's going on with you, Lacey? What's... Uh, What's what's your deal? What's new in your life? You got your pumpkin spice on the way. Are they already here? Uh, has it changed your year? What's going on? So it is pumpkin time, which is really exciting. Um, I haven't been to Trader Joe's yet, which is like my thing. And then I go buy all the pumpkin items. Have not done that yet. However, I did get pumpkin granola from Target, which is limited edition. And it's amazing. I'm going to go to Target mm. and buy all of them so that oh, I always have it. Pumpkin oatmeal? Granola. Granola, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have granola with my yogurts in the morning, so. Look at you, Faith. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, James, pumped. You're uh, this is probably the most thing, the thing you've been hyped most for. Is mm-hmm. am I wrong as far as Star Wars goes? Like more than the saga? Oh, films? for Andor coming in. Yeah, yeah, man. So I, I uh, like most Star Wars fans, I was able to get out. Not most, but like, you know, uh, they put Rogue One back in IMAX. And oh, yeah. I was like, I got to figure out a way to go see it. And it's one of those things like I know that movie through and through, but you know how it is sometimes where like it's been a long time since you've seen it. And I'm just like, this movie is so good. Like I love every second of it. And I found myself multiple times in the theaters um, just like legitimately like smiling like, oh, my God, like they're all going to Scarif. Like they're all, you know, like when those ships, they fly in and they're, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, man. Just so much of that movie hits exactly what it needs to be. And uh, yeah, I'm I have been excited for Andrew for a very long time. It's going to be great. It's crazy that it all came from just an idea by John Knoll, right? Yeah. That's so nuts to me. I mean, I was I was like looking at the credits. I was like, it's not often you get to sit in IMAX Star Wars credits. So, you know, so I'm sitting there I'm just reading all the names and stuff. And yeah, you just notice little things like that, like special thanks to Dave Filoni, you know, <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, and like story created by, you know, John Knoll. It's like, oh, it's, it's well, so cool, it, it, it's, it's It's humbling because... People always want credit for things that they come up with or they create. And, you know, even we do that as podcasters sometimes. But it's like the guy who came up with the idea for Rogue One, I bet like 90% of Star Wars fans have no idea that he did it. And I bet a lot of those fans don't even know who John Knoll is. So it's just Which like, is insane just because crazy. the amount of impact he's had, not just on Star Wars, but in the yeah. world in general, right. is True. insane. You know, when, when Rogue One was coming out and... It was they were advertising it initially as like, oh, it was just a story that someone at Lucasfilm, John Knoll, created. I don't even think at the time I really pieced together that who that person was either. He could. He's one of those guys who could walk the floor at Celebration and wouldn't get stopped a lot. I think he would. 
I, I I think you're right. I think he's like really borderline, but he is been he's been pretty notable for the last couple of years. And that's not a that's not uh um like a criticism of him or, no. or like a slight at him. I'm saying like because people like don't realize yeah yeah you know what a lot of these people how important they all are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for Rogue One, him com- just pitching that idea and then being like, "All right, let's do it." That uh, one so teaser Donald, they what? showed at Celebration where it's the actual incoming crawl and it starts mm-hmm. to like... Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's one of the best teasers they've ever done. Yeah, it's like horrifying. Like the sounds of it yes. sounds like Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Um, so John Noel, pitch a, pitch a solo sequel for me, right, babe? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we have a great show. I'm really excited for the discussion later, uh, but we like to uh, warm up the engines here on our T-65s or T-70s, what have you. Uh, and James is going to steer us through. Let's go, buddy. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. All right, Will the Force this week we is great, actually. Uh, I have read early into the questions. We don't normally talk about that, but I got to say right off the top, John, good questions this week. So get excited for some solid ones. As opposed I... to bad questions? No, I'm just saying like every week? one of them, I was like, that's tough. You know, like sometimes I'm like, I know what I'll say to this one, like right away. Um, but every it's one like of when these I tell was, my wife, like, was you look great today. She's like, what? Did I look terrible yesterday? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's kick it off with the first one right here. Grand Admiral Thrawn should be firmly established in live action with an actor in the Ahsoka series. Will the Grand Admiral ever find his way onto the big screen in a Star Wars theatrical film? And John wrote the question. John gets to go first. What do we got here? Oh, man, that is tough. I'm going to say yes. I think uh, I've I've just this weird feeling if Star Wars is going to if Kathleen Kennedy's saying she wants like the Feige person Mm -hmm. uh, for the future of films, it sounds like they want connectivity in some regard. And having multiple villains could be a lot cooler than having just one like Palpatine. So whoever they get. To play him in live action, I don't think it's going to be a, a short-term thing. So I'm going to say yes. All right, Lacey, what are your thoughts? I'm going to say yes, and it's because I still think they're going to end The Mandalorian on the big screen uh, in a movie. I think that the show is building up to some type of cinematic experience. Hmm. And I think Thrawn could be the villain. Um, interesting. Yeah, man, I hear what you guys are saying, and I'm on the other end. I think I, I do. You I did have to say. think about this. <laughs> this is why been do the you theme guys this always week. do this? Because <laughs> you always Every... say that. You always say, "I don't know, guys. I'm always I'm I feel you the say opposite." It. Yeah, that's what it is. You say it. You don't just say like, "Well, this is what I think." You say, "I don't know. I'm gonna have to disagree with everything." <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's just the way you phrase it james it's like deja vu each time <laughs> because yeah because i i'm always surprised when sometimes you guys are like the exact opposite of what i would think you would say so i'm like all oh, right well okay. i guess i'll say what you're gonna say like why would i be the one that's like no way they're gonna put grand Admiral Thrawn in a movie and you guys are both saying yes like that i'm like I, but james i, I don't know why disagree with me when it feels so good to agree with me? <laughs> James is like, I can't. I physically, I can't. Yeah. James is like, I hate you. Um, 
No, and and part of that too is like that's actually uh, Lacey's point is sort of my reason why I don't think it would happen is because I can't imagine like it's very rare that any television show that has a successful run actually finishes their story by elevating it to a theatrical film. Like if you think about any show like But Walking that's why Dead, they're going to do it with The Mandalorian. I'm yeah, but I I But would Walking think- Dead is going to make a movie. They are? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... When is that going to end? They know. are making a movie. That's why Andrew Lincoln left. He signed on to do a movie once they're done with the show. I feel like our actual planet is going to end before that show ends. <laughs> yeah, well, point point <laughs> being, like, I would think that if they're, if they're leading up to stuff, there's no reason that they wouldn't just make that culmination event happen on Disney Plus and keep it on the platform that it has been on. I feel like if they put that in the theater, it would be like... I don't know why, why I've been watching it. Why would I go see that movie? You know what I mean? I just don't think it would do well at the box office. That would look bad. Uh, I mean, it would do well, but it wouldn't do like a star Wars movie kind of well, you know, everyone I mean? would go to the movie theater to see Grogu on the big screen. I don't know, James, the follow up to Andor is in theaters. So whatever. Just think about you it. You just were talking about seeing it. in <laughs> Is that really, you guys are both agreeing that that's a good point? <laughs> no, no, right. stop it. Just trolling you Get a little bit. Get out of here. <laughs> Honestly, I, every time they talk about like a TV show doing a movie or something, I'm like, the chances of that happening, I feel like are just tremendously against its fate. I don't know. Anyway. You ever see Batman the movie? That's not the same thing. That's not seven seasons of Batman, and then it, and then season eight got turned into a theatrical movie. Or that's exactly what it was. No. Um, how about the Adam how West about Downton Abbey? I know what you're Downton saying. Abbey was oh. multiple series and then a movie, multiple seasons. Is it? That's a good point. Entourage. That's like an anom- anomaly. Entourage, I guess. Yeah, but that's that's rare. <laughs> you can give saying. examples. What? I'm just giving you a hard time, James, because <laughs> you keep just being like, no, no. Okay, well, all right, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sure. trying to say that it never have. It's very rare for that to happen. And you're like, here's a rare example. And I'm like, okay, that's a rare example. <laughs> How about that what Breaking do you want me Bad to say? It do. doesn't happen often. What? Yeah. Anyway. The Breaking Bad movie and the Sopranos movie they just did. Uh, I don't count the Breaking Bad movie. Oh. Um. Because it also finished on television, not in the theater. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're moving on to the next one. It's Patreon submission. It comes from Major <laughs> Charles A. I hate both of you guys. Anyway, when we... <laughs> another Thrawn question. When we meet Thrawn in the Ahsoka show, will he be hit the head of an Imperial uh, remnant? So any chances that Thrawn is still going to be in control of Imperials to some degree? Lacey? James, I want you to answer this first because you're the Thrawn guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, sure, Lacey. Thank you for thinking of me in such a lovely way. <laughs> I will go first. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm so Thrawn. Yes. Yes, he Are will. Are you so Thrawn? No. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Um, he will, uh, because by the time Ahsoka is looking for him, 
and saying, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? It's, he's not still missing. It seems like he has already, she's gotten word that he's back somehow. He's pulling strings. He's around. Um, and the other thing is that there's this loose kind of connection from, we heard like a long time ago, and I'm not holding out hope or anything like that, but uh, there was something about how we could maybe see the beginnings of the First Order or something like that. And when this question got posed, I started thinking about how it would sort of make sense for Thrawn to come back and be like, oh, the Empire fell, but it's this thing? Okay, cool. And then he might even be somehow loosely connected to like what maybe it could become. Uh, I don't know. It just seems interesting to me. But I I don't think he's on his own. Um and I think he's definitely in control of something that they need to be afraid of. And it's not like a bunch of random bounty hunters or anything like that. It's going to be very Star Wars centric. And so it seems like Stormtroopers and Moff Gideon and all that stuff, like that they are answering to Thrawn some, in some way, shape, or form. That's a great answer. Lacey? Um, I am going to say, yes, he will be. Um, I don't. I mean, similar to all the points that James just made, I don't think he's going to be like some random commander, like ahead of some random group of people. He's connected specifically to the Empire. Um, that being said, I I was thinking about the Mandalorian as well, about where Ahsoka brings him up. And like you said, James, perfectly, like it's very much where is he, not have you heard of him. Mm-hmm. So... I think that he's clearly out there doing something, pulling strings, leading something. And the only thing that I could think that that would make sense is something Imperial. That's my answer. Yep. Yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't be asking if, unless she knew where he was post being lost. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. So she she's yeah. trying to get that information because that magistrate, what is that who was the magistrate? The magistrate, yeah. Yeah. If she knows something. She might know like where he is or she has been talking to him currently. So John, what are your thoughts? I'm just thinking I think Lucasfilm would feel inclined to explain where these guys were during the Galactic Civil War. I'm thinking they those purgles to the unknown regions and and wound up in the system of where the chiss are and he you know hooked back up with his his own people and Ezra's their prisoner or something like that i don't think it's anything tied to the empire um and i agree with the kind of what you were saying james about like maybe it's like looking more forward than like hanging on because i don't think thrawn's a hanger on guy i think he's a guy who's like no i'm gonna take charge and like make this my own or I'm like, it's going to be my rules, not yours sort of thing. So I, I, I think maybe that's where they went. And because of that, I don't think there's going to be any sort of Imperial ties to what he's currently doing. The weird, the weird thing, and I hate to go back on it too, but Thrawn is just such an interesting character and how they're using him like halfway in the books, halfway in the animated, halfway in live action, you know, all over the place. It, his an initial reason to be involved in the empire was because the empire was growing and in, in so so powerful that he c- kind of somewhat was saw them as a threat to the chiss so now realizing that the empire is like done 
what would his involvement in the empire be? I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting, but it, it has to be, I would think. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the next one here. And it's will Gro- will Grogu use a lightsaber in the Mandalorian season three? So just turning it on, looking at it doesn't count. He's got to use the lightsaber for some specific purpose, uh, not just holding it or turning it on. Um, John, you get to go first on this one. What are your thoughts? I'm going to say yes, because I feel like his whole journey with Luke is done and he made his choice. And now where does he go from here? Um, and people could say like, well, he chose to be Mandalorian. It's like, yeah, sure. But then in the book of Boba Fett, we saw really him harness his powers and use them in a way that he was not used to, which is destructive. He used them in a more light side way of like preventing conflict Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I think, we're going to see the growth of that and we need the growth of this character. Otherwise it's going to get stagnant. And what's a cooler way to do that from uh, an aesthetic perspective than getting a lightsaber in the mix. Cherry on the Sunday, of course, merchandise. Um, so I, I think we will, cause I don't know how much longer Mando's going to go. I'm thinking four seasons. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah, I think we're finally going to see him doing something with a lightsaber in this third season, which seems like it's a really big epic type of season. Lacey. I'm going to say yes as well. I think Grogu will use a lightsaber in The Mandalorian Season 3. A lot of these shows, any show really, or movie, within the story they have to have these moments that you remember. And especially nowadays, they really want those gifable moments, big moments that are surprising to fans, whether it be a Marvel show, a Star Wars show, Lord of the Rings, whatever, but especially Star Wars. All these creators live for the moments that everybody's talking about for you know, months, years later, which everyone has to acknowledge that, of course, there are some moments with Mando that have done that, but more than any Mando moment have been Grogu moments that people just consistently post about, talk about, hey, remember this happened, constantly just discussing them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that with where the character is, the next step and the next big moment for that character would be to use a lightsaber. So I'm going to say yes. And they also hint at it in the past season where he's with Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon's like, oh, do you want this? You can't have it. So now he Hmm. needs his own lightsaber. And there was the artwork too for season two that had Luke and Grogu and the lightsaber was like floating, being built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was building it, yeah. Oh, right. Um, I think that you guys are right on this because it seems like the, the thing that people want more out of Grogu than the Mandalorian thing. Like I definitely see artwork and things of him wearing helmets and uh, like looking like the Mandalorian style, but I just feel like what that like childlike thing you want out of seeing Grogu is him being having force powers and having the Jedi and and kind of walking in that Yoda path. And I feel like they could do some really cool things with the special effects as they had him like hopping and doing flips in the last season. Like it seems like they could very easily step it up. And the next progression of that would be like, actually have him do like a Yoda attack of the clones style fight um, to some degree. It's I I don't know that that's season three, but I, I think that a lightsaber could be coming. The only thing I have a hard time with is just the fact that it seems like they made it very clear that he had a choice 
you know, lightsaber or Mandalorian lifestyle. And then he went back to, uh, he went back to Mando. So I don't know. He left it. So that, well, that's hard your, to say. What What about my point about how he clearly has still evolved in his use for the force when, after he made that decision? I, I, I could still see him being a character that is with Mandalorian and not pursuing the Jedi lifestyle, but still pursuing the force. All right. But, and also I don't know that he made that progression. Like he probably learned, he probably learned those things when he was with Luke Yeah, and then walked away. The frogs and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, he hasn't learned that since making the decision. He probably learned those things before he made the decision and then he made the decision to walk yeah, away. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one last uh, Will of the Force this week, and it's another patron submission, this one coming from another one of our majors. Uh, Caroline Margolis. Uh, Caroline sent us the question and wanted to know, will the Ahsoka trailer be released officially before or after the new year? December 31st, 2022, before or after Lacey? Oof, Caroline, great question. Um, do we Tough. know when Ahsoka is coming out? Is it next spring? Do we have a date or release time? It has to be at least after Mando and Mando's starting in February, so you gotta figure it after April. Hmm. I'm gonna say after the new year because if you're looking at the schedule as it is with everything that's going on with Disney Plus and Disney and Star Wars, they're not going to want to promote something like Ahsoka and leapfrog Mando's spotlight or Mando's time. <clears throat> so I'm going to say after the new year, but not even after new year, I would say like celebration, which is April. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, real, I'm just going to get to the point. I'm saying celebration too. I, I think that Mandalorian is going to end around the time of celebration. Maybe shortly after. I'm not sure. I gotta look at the schedule. And that might have been planned on purpose, by the way. And leading into celebration. Yeah, whenever uh, Ahsoka comes out, they seem to like to do these trailers like two months before, and then another one a month before, or whatever. So I think celebration's like a no-brainer. So oh, I can't wait to go to celebration. So I agree that my biggest thing on the why it won't be released this year was that what you're going to get on Disney Plus Day is something Bad Batch related, if not like the announcement that it's happening and maybe a trailer, maybe something, post or something. But I think the big thing going to be coming out of Disney Plus Day is going to be the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. I think that's when they'll drop it. And they w- they wouldn't also put Ahsoka out before and during that ramp leading up to Mandalorian. I but think we're going to get take. the Mando trailer that you guys got at Celebration. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, The season three Mando trailer, and they can drop it. That can be their big splash for Star Wars, and we can go, well, what's the next thing? Oh, this is the next thing, and get excited for it because it's coming. It's only a few months out, and that can cover their butts on Star Wars. Disney well, the other Plus thing content. is the Obi-Wan Kenobi special. The behind oh, that's the right, special. too. Yeah, 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 that, that too. So, um, all right, so we all say... After the new year. Correct. That sucks. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Although it is weird because if we did get it at Celebration, that would be another Celebration where they like reveal the same trailer <laughs> that we got at last Celebration. That'd be kind of strange. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. That is it for Will the Force. Uh, John, take us into uh, the discussion this week. Yeah, so talked about at the top, you saw the title, uh, no surprises here, the Star Wars sequel trilogy, what lessons were learned from how it was made? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Um, so we are three years removed from the end of the sequel trilogy. Uh, there's varying opinions amongst fans, uh, whether they love it, hate it, like some, don't like others. But one thing that people who, whether they love it or hate it, uh, seem to agree on is that maybe a more developed communication among the creators or at least some sort of cohesive blueprint um, would have been the better way to go. Um, at least that's how I seem to see it. And I'm, I'm someone who loves all three of the movies and I find um, I, I'm able to make the, those movies work for me. Um, but I think when they look at how the other trilogies were made, which was by one man, um, that's, you know, the original trilogy was not planned out. George Lucas certainly changed a lot of big things as he went along in the story. Um, when he made a new hope, uh, Vader was not even Luke's father. So what Obi-Wan actually was telling Luke in a new hope was the real story at the time. And then he was able to sort of twist it up a bit. But then the prequel trilogy, obviously he was forced to have a blueprint because he had to get to the point of A New Hope. So he had to tell that story from more of a blueprint perspective. Um, and he was able to mess with timelines a bit and jump around um, to focus on certain things. But he had an end game with that one. And then you, we flat, flat, flash forward to the sequel trilogy where it's like now it's the future so they can really do anything. And you had J.J. Abrams had his vision, which John Boyega talked about. And we we talked about that at length on Monday's episode. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check that out. And then, of course, you know, Ryan Johnson takes over, um, puts his spin on the story and what he wants to do. And then J.J. takes it back. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, would it have been different if it was Trevorrow and it was three different people? Uh, did it... Was it affected because JJ came back and said, no, nah, I'm taking these threads back. So what lessons were learned? Um, I'm just going to say before I get into any more details, because I want to bring both of you in, is I think the prevailing logic is at least for your main characters, your main protagonist and your main antagonist have a shell and a solid blueprint of not just the end, but also like their journey and their progression. Right, the tra um, trajectory of each character. Their trajectories uh, for at least your main protagonist and your main antagonist. Yeah. So um, I don't know how you guys feel. I know, Lacey, you're, you've been pretty vocal about, you know, the whole one um, sort of uh, story and understanding what you're going to do for all three films or if they wind up doing five films in the future and not necessarily the trilogy thing. But you've even also gone as far as saying do the Lord of the Ring Rings thing, right? And, and film them all at once and that sort of thing. So I'm going to start with you because I know that you've sort of uh, had that oh, maybe passionate angle on it. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on what lessons were learned from how they produced and made the the sequel trilogy from from this specific perspective yeah i think my specific critique has always been that it just seemed like there wasn't a plan 
And I understand the viewpoint of, oh, well, George Lucas didn't really have a plan. There's lots of other stories that just, you know, they figured it out as they went. I think this one was different in that it was so, I would say, quickly done back to back to back that there wasn't time to breathe in between movies. And then also, it just seemed like each creator, uh, Ryan Johnson, then JJ, Lawrence Kasdan, Colin Trevorrow, who obviously we know didn't move forward with this stuff, but it just seems like they were all kind of operating in their own lanes and there wasn't any kind of talking. And I know that in interviews they've said like, oh, we did see the script or, oh, I did read it. I did see the movie. I liked it. I feel like there's a lot of PR sometimes that goes on that's like, oh, of course I like this. I'm supporting my other creator that, you know, I handed this movie off and that's how this was supposed to play out. But then as time has gone on, I think we've gotten more honest opinions from actors and people behind the scenes of, hey, this didn't go exactly as planned. This isn't what I intended. I figured that they'd pick up at this story point and they didn't, which honestly, you can't force someone to do that when it's their creative vision. But I think the story suffered from choices that were made between the movies because if you look at if you were to watch the movies back to back to back which i'm going to be completely honest i have not done yet i have never watched force awakens last jedi and rise of skywalker back to back in one sitting i think if you were to do that it you do get a disjointed feeling or story from these characters because first of all the time frame between the stories is just so short that there isn't any kind of growth there i feel Second of all, it just seems like the characters are different based on how their voice is being written by the person that's working on the film. So I think mm. overall, that's my biggest critique. It always has been. Is like I've always been very honest that I was like, hey, if someone wrote all three of these, like if Lawrence Kasdan wrote all three of these movies, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. On the that's... flip side, if Ryan Johnson wrote all three, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. I just think that the choices that were made from episode seven to eight were one way, but then to revert back to choices that were made in episode seven with nine, then kind of made eight confusing. So mm-hmm. before I bring before I bring in James, uh, Lacey, then hmm. the, what what's the lesson learned? Is it we need one one person cre- writing the movie? You can have different one directors. creative voice telling yes. the story. You okay. can have different directors producers even you could recast people we've seen that done in marvel with with don Cheadle. like you can have people be recast you need to have kind of a consistent person that's telling the story because once you change who's telling the story from person to person to person or don't have a i would say an outline of what the story is supposed to be then it just gets crazy. And I always use the example of like the telephone game that you do in elementary school where you have three partners and someone writes the beginning of the story, someone writes the middle of the story, and someone writes the end of the story. The ending is not going to be what the person that started the story thought it was going to be because it's a different viewpoint. That's just how humans work. We all have yeah. different experiences and backgrounds <laughs> and you know values that then set what we find important in storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't disagree with I think anything she said there. 
I, my thing is like, I, I'm, I'm pulling up, I pulled up like a list of the greatest trilogies, like what worked, you know, number one is Lord of the Rings. But what's interesting about that is it was, it was already a set story. Like, you know, that right. was adaptation. It's a book yep. set. Yeah. They already knew what yeah. was going on. So that obviously was going to work because they had that trajectory. Number two, the original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Kind of an anomaly, maybe, you know, that it and it was sort of like handed off to, I mean, it was George Lucas, right? So we have that, but it was handed off to another writer. It was handed off to other directors. All right. But one thing that I noticed here that's really interesting is, and I'm going to skip a couple of them, but number three is Back to the Future. And then a few down the line, they also have The Matrix. And I'm like, both of those movies were movies where they made one and then they were like, oh, wow, this is really successful. Let's do a trilogy. Boom, two and three shot at the same time. Yeah. And so that is almost like both of what we're saying here. Like they, they were surprised by the first one, which Star Wars wouldn't be in that situation. They should know they're making three, you know, um, but they were surprised by that first one. And they, they then said, now, where are we going to go? And if we're doing three, we can't just do two and then see where three takes us. We need to, we, we're doing two and three. So let's figure out the best way to make this work so that not only do two and three uh, feel good, still connected to one, because we don't want it to be like one and also two and three. We want it to feel like a trilogy in itself. Sure. Um, but so, But they didn't do that. For this trilogy no they didn't so, do that and so i think that's that's what we're that's why i'm saying i i'm a, i'm in agreement with not only lacy here but i think the general consensus of like what you were saying before is like there's something about this whole like why didn't star wars just say we know we're doing seven eight nine it's absolutely happening we don't need to see how the box office goes and if we get approved for a sequel they knew they were doing it so why didn't they handle it like these other properties the only thing i can think of is matrix trilogy was number nine number uh seven on this list was indiana jones one through three and those movies were absolutely like let's do another one you know let's do another one and it and it it was just sort of like what now where do we go now where do we go and that formula worked for indiana <clears throat> jones in the sense that each one of them in all honesty they connect but they do they do very exactly. much feel like they're, they're their own thing they're james bond one. yeah that's exactly. what i was gonna say it's james bond yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's like i don't know if like lucasfilm was looking at kind of the original trilogy in the way of like well it wasn't all george it was george and then it was irving you know and it, like we, it was passed on uh and we did the same thing with indiana jones and that was great too and it's like but i think you guys are looking at the wrong thing here you need to be looking at like how trilogies should be filmed you know and do thought we out. do we know did jj just turn down doing eight he yep. did so maybe yeah. i would assume that mm. they went into this being like jj's gonna do it and then he did the first one and was like you know it's too it was too much i I loved doing it, but I can't do more than this. And so then they got Ryan. That's what it was. He right. didn't want to. He didn't want to be in the UK for six years. But but here's the other mm. thing too is like I and would that's also... where they're running into it now. By the way, if we tie it back to Monday's conversation of Kathleen's now looking at what happened with the sequel trilogy, <clears throat> I bet and going, 
I need someone that's locked in for five years. I can't do this again. And that's where she's running into the, the issue of nobody wants to lock in for that. But she doesn't want to be in the same position but that she was. T- There's also another huge lesson. I know, James, you got something on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> I know. I was off, like, I don't but, want to get but, too far away from but, it. But this might, this may lend to your point as well. Another mm-hmm. big lesson that I think is learned that we're seeing in terms of how they are shutting down the engines with the movies and taking a slow, measured approach into what they want to do is mm-hmm. they should have split those movies up by three years so that one could be completely done and you could start creating... Like, like Ryan Johnson was writing The Last Jedi as they were filming TFA. Right. So much so that he asked JJ to put R2 at the end of right. TFA. Yep. Yeah. Not BB-8, yeah. It would have been way better if that movie was done or in the can and then he writes that maybe even after seeing the movie. Like, absorb what happened, understand how those fan, performances fan were. Yes. Uh, I think the two-year gaps between the, the movies might have been the biggest mistake that doesn't get talked about enough. And I think a lesson there is, and not saying they're going to, who knows? If we're going to do another trilogy of movies, like is Star Wars still doing trilogies, we got to split these things up. Yeah, we that's what I was just... saying earlier. The timing. They they needed more oh, time. Oh, from that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought you meant from just the production of the movie itself. That's, uh, you mean, yeah, yeah the spacing Both, yeah. between. Yeah. I don't disagree with that, but what I was going to say was sort of on the other end of that, and I think both of them are approaches that could have worked. What I was thinking, though, is I think one of the, the mistakes that they made is not so much that J.J. I mean, it could be said J.J. should have done all three. Okay, maybe you could have that argument. But he I was think supposed with J.J. To. <laughs> yeah, I think with J.J. not saying I don't want to do that, it's you know not close to my home and, and just kind of real life situation. Okay, that's fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal, though, if you hand it off to somebody else and let that person do eight and nine and and maybe even film those two at the same time. Which was also the intention. <laughs> Which was also the intention, and it just kind of didn't happen. And so it's like, if but if they would have filmed eight and nine at the same time, <clears throat> you would have gotten a, a, a one-year-later release or possibly even six months after the fact because that's how typically these have gone um, with those two examples that I gave Back to the Future was like, I think, less than a year, and so was Matrix. It was like six months after. Um, and I think there's another big trilogy that's doing that too. And I can't think of what it is, but, um, oh, Avatar maybe. Uh, well, Dune was, they wanted to do multiple ones and the studio didn't approve it. Yeah. Avatar is five movies. Yeah, no, but they they filmed two and three at the same time. They filmed two to five at the same time. They're they're all filmed. No, four and five have not started. They're not approved. It's dependent on whether two or three work. Interesting. Yeah. Can that guy just come back and make a proper sequel to Terminator Two? <laughs> that would God. be great. Um, yeah. I I th- I think part of part of what I I was thinking about when I was uh, approached with this this question this discussion topic too is just like that Colin Trevorrow thing. Like, I almost feel like where I'm I'm saying JJ could have done all three. That would have been good. JJ could have done one and then you could have had Ryan Johnson do eight and nine. That would have been good. I also think that doing having that third director be some an option would have been good too. I feel like one of the biggest things that was bad 
was going back to JJ because JJ had something in his mind when he started it. And he's like, I know where these characters ended That's up, fair. but I'm yeah. going to let somebody else handle that story. And then when they handled the story and he got back in, he had a tough time trying to figure out where the story was taken with how he always imagined Ray and Finn and Poe they should have left up. it with Ryan Johnson. And it's like, they either should have just let Ryan do it or they, I mean, arguments over the script i'm sure it would have been good or bad or whatever but i i still think it maybe could have been good to just let let ryan let go of those characters and let someone who didn't have any preconceived notions over where these characters were supposed to go and just go into writing that last film i feel like it was weird that they brought jj back and i i love the movie but i think as Lacey stated right at the very, very beginning of this conversation something weird about like taking being here, taking a step to the left, and then having to either keep going to the left or trying to take a step back right, and we never really went anywhere, you know? It just JJ moved back to where there we were, were going. Yeah, and there were so many elements and variables that changed from seven to eight with characters, plot lines, the big bad guy, so many things ryan took risks on which was his creative choice and i get Mm -hmm. that but then to then go back a nine and be like actually the bad guy's this person and this is happening and this person and you're like wait hold on what this doesn't it doesn't connect it it just seems like they were just kind of grasping to make it work like it felt like after after last jedi came out it felt like people were very like oh man star wars took of hard turn in the like the wrong direction mm. and i was like i'm fine with going that direction but as long as i would i would think the trajectory would still have kept going and it you didn't. know what i mean and it <laughs> I, didn't I think... it bent back and it's like yeah. okay well i would have been happy with either but that does feel a little strange you know the villain thing for sure is tough to sell on a lot of people when i try to explain why i like um the rise of skywalker And then I think about, you know, that concept art for The Force Awakens where they're underwater at the Death Star wreckage on Palpatine's throne. Like those ideas were always there. So when Kathleen Kennedy says the plan was always to have Palpatine involved, I have to partly believe her, but I don't know if it was as big as he was and he ended up being involved. I thought it was going to be more of like a, like this just hovering presence of all the wreckage he caused. Yeah, I kind of just feel like... Or like she was a Palpatine, but he's dead. Right, you not know, like, she was supposed to be a Kenobi from. No, no, yeah. I know, but I'm saying like it, that could be another storyline if they if Palpatine was always involved, like it, his Somewhere. legacy would still yeah. be around, but he would yeah. have still been clearly dead. I just find that it's just it's just difficult to kind of what my dream would be, honestly, of this scenario is to sit down with JJ, sit down with Ryan. And I want to ask, okay, JJ, if you were doing all three, what would the story be? Okay, Ryan, if you were doing nine, what would the story be? I just want to know. I just the, want to know the, what the plan was. I agree. I, I would love to have, that, that's a conversation I would love to have. I would love to know what Snoke's, the real like idea with Snoke was supposed to be. Because um, I'm sure it wasn't just like a one of many clones or something for Palpatine. But had, the Kenobi had thing Ryan just not a... killed Snoke, what would J.J. have done yeah, with Snoke right. in 9? Or, the... if he did kill him, what was your plan then? <laughs> yeah. The, the whole Kenobi thing, 
Um, you know, people have told us that they talked to people and said, Lucas Holman said that that was JJ's plan. And when you look watch TFA, you're like, oh yeah, why would Obi-Wan, who doesn't know Ray, reach out to her? She has the British accent. Yes. You know, there's a lot of things that, um, feel, and they used even Alec Guinness's voice a little bit for that too. Um, so, and then I think about it, I'm like, man, if they did that and she was a Kenobi and then we see the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, like maybe they change that series to introduce like a love interest or something. And I, I could see Obi-Wan, he's there on Tatooine for all these years. Why wouldn't he find somebody? And then he has a kid and then maybe the Sith find Rey's parents and kill her. And you could still do that thread where her parents got killed and she got orphaned. But she wound up being a Kenobi. But it's not like we went to Christmas and uh, Grandpa Obi-Wan was there and my mom and dad were there. It's like, no, it's still you're still not connected because of all the things that happened, but you can still make it work. And then the, the Kenobi series maybe has more power behind it. And you can still do the nobody becomes somebody thing because J.J. wanted Finn to become a Jedi. He was a janitor stormtrooper taken from parents he doesn't know, an absolute nobody whose name was a number. And have him become your Jedi, uh, you know, nobody becomes somebody. And there have and definitely Rey... been hints from John Boyega that he was spoken to about how he was going to be the hero. Right. And so then mm-hmm. you would have had both. Oh, really? And you would have had. Yeah. In a recent interview, that. he said that he was, someone had said something to him along the lines of like, oh, it would have been great if you were the hero because you had the lightsaber. And he goes, trust me, conversations were had. Like and I think what he means by that is, yeah, he would he would have become a Jedi, and then you would have had both angles. You would have had Ray in terms of the lineage, legacy, yeah, yeah, the the legacy, the name, the somebody, um, and maybe she doesn't realize it till later, which is so so she comes up thinking she's a nobody, and that's that's cool in itself. It's a little mirrors Luke a and little. And then bit. you have the Anakin bloodline and the Kenobi bloodline back again, battling yeah. each other. Yeah, and then you have Finn, who could fill that void that people loved so much with what Ryan did with Ray. Nobody becoming somebody. We're definitely we've turned into like the fan fiction what if right now. Like, <laughs> well, I think I mean, these are lessons. Is, less, how does all th- th- of these this are compare to though. like if they were going to do uh, an old Republic series, or if they were uh, of three movies, think, or if they're doing ten, eleven, and twelve? Mando's a good example. Th- you th- Mando is something that was written. Back to back to back by one person with Filoni's help of what the story is. So as season one's coming out, he's already, I think, was working on what? Season three? Like, Favreau already has a vision of what's happening. And I think... He was writing season three before two filmed. Right. So I think that that is a good example of what should have been done with the sequel trilogy. And it could have been done. I don't know why it wasn't, but it should have been done. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's I, I why Mando has been so successful. And those, you know, all this stuff is kind of linking together so well because it's been really thought out. And I think that's one of the best kind of lessons from the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah. do we think that Lucasfilm is actively doing this? Like, okay, so take Ryan Johnson out of it. I mean, because. We don't know what's going on there. But it seems to me that it's not Taika Waititi's trilogy. They're like going to do one movie. And then if that's popular, it seems like they would be like, oh, we're going to bring it back. We're going to do another one like Solo. 
Like, uh, well, that's maybe a bad example because I think the plan was to do more solos, but it doesn't seem like the plan is to do more Taika. It doesn't seem like it's the plan to do more Kevin Feige. It depends on where that movie takes place. If if, if Taika's movie takes place on a part of the canon timeline that's untouched, then it doesn't matter because he can do whatever he wants with character A, B, C, who we don't know. Whereas the sequel trilogy was, these are people entrenched yeah. with very specific lineages storylines connectivity and that's why it was such uh, a bit of a mess uh you were playing with something that was so firmly established it's like the you know they laid out all the foundation and then like go build this bridge and they're like well we don't have any blueprints for it but i just build it just put it together people will drive across it go ahead do it and they did um i think so the the, the lesson for like if they're going to do a trilogy again um would have to be you know, unless you have a George Lucas, one person who's going to be like, say, Dave Filoni gets to the point where he oversees a trilogy and in terms of the story, not writing the script, the story. Um, I don't mind him winging it the way George Lucas did if it's just going to be that one person. I think that's the one loophole is if it's one person in charge of the whole story, not necessarily the screenwriting, I think you can have that person write the story for that, under, absorb how it went have them continue it. Cause at least you have one person's vision where you don't have someone writing a film while the first one's filming. And it's just like so choppy and, and the handoff and, and all that stuff. I think the one way you can do it where you leave it open to be altered is if it's one person writing the overall story of it, which is why Indiana Jones, like George Lucas wrote all the stories um, and, and that sort of thing. And, and same with the, the original trilogy. Yeah. Lawrence Kazan wrote the scripts um and uh and and that sort of thing but lucas was still like with him in terms of how he wanted the story told it was still george lucas telling that whole story and changing mm-hmm. things like lawrence kazan wasn't like got a great idea darth vader says the kid's father and lucas is like oh no lucas is like i want to make him the, uh, luke's father and kazan's that. like all right i'm gonna write you a hell of a scene then <laughs> It's so crazy though. It's like, um, you know, we, we were talking on our Patreon a little bit about like how social happens and uh, like when companies say they want things to go viral. It's like, I can't imagine being in the situation where we're like, well, we're getting ready to do a Star Wars trilogy and it has to be a big hit. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, right. how do you plan all that out of like, well, we're going to hire this person and we're going to give him, we're going to put everything on their back, you know? Uh, you are the person that's going to shepherd the story. You're not going to direct. You're not going to write. You're going to be the person that's just like, when the writer gives you a great movie, you're going to go, this this doesn't work because ultimately in the third one, this thing's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's yeah. like- But George's treatment, we're going to throw that out. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I, Oh, that interview like just breaks my heart when he's like, <laughs> I gave, or even the interview where he's signing the contract and like him and Kathleen Kennedy are there and he's like, I gave them the stories and she's like nodding. I'm like, you. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like into the trash can. I you, know, wish... you know what sucks about that side tangent? That's mm. all because of the, the, the prequel hate. And it was still fresh at that time. It was 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People still didn't like the prequels and they were like, George can't do it anymore. He lost it. So they like didn't have faith in in what he was doing. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I know it's a big tangent from what this. I topic know is, that but. he has talked very loosely about what it was when he got like into the microbiology of what makes yeah. up the midi chlorines and the force and stuff. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking at that and I go, I'm, I don't know that I would have wanted that to be the story, but I want that. You know what I mean? Do you remember his question to JJ when they were promoting TFA? When they had the one of those, you know, they had they did a great job promoting TFA. They, they had did. the little YouTube bits and stuff. It was and they it was JJ, a joke, wasn't it? Well, saying? they had JJ answering questions from like fans and stuff like that. And George Lucas pops up towards the end and mm-hmm. he goes, "JJ, what happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and JJ was like, "Ah, uh, George, uh, I don't think we're gonna talk about that one." Um, so. I, I have a feeling that there was. Do you remember he was going to like borrow the twins thing or something again? Like George likes the the you know poetry or rhyme stuff, so I'm curious. If it was like part Josh of his story was that. Gad's Twitter or or Instagram or something, and he was like going around the room and they were asking questions. Oh, to Jay Z, yeah, yeah. But then J.J. J. Abrams was like. Why was Luke just standing on the island? Or <laughs> what was the joke? I can't remember exactly. Oh, yeah. It was a bit more than anything. It, was, it yeah, totally was a bit. That. Yeah. He was yeah. almost making fun of his own movie rather than like Ryan's Yeah. And he's movie, like, please but... tell us, Daisy, please. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Kathleen Kennedy's like, I, we made $4 billion. I think what we did was great. So I don't, I don't think we had to learn any lessons. But yeah. I think when you hear her talking about, um, we're stepping back and reassessing how we want to make our movies that they certainly did take away lessons. And she does listen to um, criticism from the fans because she brings it up. Um, so I, I got to think it's it's spacing stuff out and, and really just um, having a story written, not necessarily scripts. Um, and it sounds simple, but I think... And I love the sequel trilogy. I do. Me too. I, but I, I, I think... Maybe it would have been more cohesive and smoother and maybe better. I don't know. Maybe, maybe worse. Who knows? But if they had um, the story at least told, like I wrote, just, write, the, write the story. I just want to know. I just want, it's probably going to happen maybe years and years from now. I just want JJ to just admit what his story was. And I want Ryan to tell me what his story was. Uh, me too. Oh my God. Like, and I'm not even going to be sad about it. Like it is what it is, but I just want to yeah. know. Like you want to f- yeah. see the f- person finish what they started. It's weird that the the Last Jedi script hasn't been made public yet. It isn't. No. The Last Jedi script. Yeah, like you can find the script for TFA online. I don't know about Rise of Skywalker either, for, quite frankly. But I know that was a big deal where people were like, I don't know why the the Last Jedi script hasn't been released to the public. Um. Uh. So I don't know if that's still the case. I'm pretty sure it is, but. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I, again, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I think that would be a, a perfectly good way to handle it is space the movies out, but I'm, or you still, could say you agree with what we're saying. <laughs> I'm still on the train of what I would prefer best is knowing that they're doing the three movies and, and just having the story be like, this is, this is what we're doing. And we are yeah. going to spend all the money and just do all three at the same time. I think the yeah, and then I think release the them like back to, to back to back, uh, lower that period of time for speculation and just be like, let fans be like, 
Um, I mean, I'd love to talk about it and speculate, but it's going to be out like in six months. So who cares? You know, like maybe it might even deter setting expectations, but when it's two or three years away, then people are like, Oh, well I've got all the time in the world to build up in my head. What I think this is going to be. People might just set it aside and go, I don't know. I don't I loved it, but I don't want to think about it because I just know the next one is like right around the corner. So I'm just going to go in. Boom. So totally random. Cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Totally random, John. The script is available. In 2018, The Last Jedi script was made available to the Academy's Margaret Herrick Library. Um, And people went immediately to go get actual transcripts. And it says, Ray, finally speaking, her greatest fear, something she had hoped for against hope was not true, but finally it sets in. Ray speaking. They were nobody. So I don't think it's online, right? No, or you have to they... go get it from the library. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Right, right. Now I remember. Yeah, you have to go to this like location and get it. Um, yeah, in a forest tree with old books. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the other thing I thought about, I wish I researched this trilogy more heading in because Nolan's Batman trilogy reminds me a lot of the sequel trilogy in that the middle mm-hmm. one is dark as hell and completely different from the first one and then in the third one he brings it back around to the whole league of shadows thing and like it, it i've really, never even it seen does... the last one it's good it's it's i enjoyed it uh, tom hardy does a great job and he did want the joker to be involved but obviously heath ledger dying screwed that whole whole thing up um well like but... carrie too carrie passing away yeah true i'm just thinking from the villain perspective they had to bring bane in because Um, Oh, I'm just thinking about actors then affecting. That's another thing here I'm sure that they learned is like, (laughs) how do you handle situations like that? Characters die in real life. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Like, how do you. Well, that's also something people don't talk about because they did such a good job with it. They do. They did do it really good. John, you you bring up a good point with the Batman thing, though, because that not only that has so many different angles of similarity and and also completely we may have to do a whole podcast comparing those two trilogies because because it's crazy they definitely did they did like one movie and they're like that's it we're never going back and then they did like a second movie and they're like that's it we're never going back and then they're like fine we'll do a third one so it completely separated never planned out all written and directed by the same person though both a jot uh uh yeah it was nolan directing all of them but his brother co-wrote and i believe goyer and then um there was something else i was going to say about that too oh just in general that nolan had never done a sequel before right yeah yeah it was goyer david s goyer and christopher nolan co-wrote directed by christopher nolan and then yeah and those were spaced out every three three years yeah yeah oh five oh eight and and no oh five oh eight in 2012 i was gonna Um, say i didn't think they were evenly spaced and then the but really the first one and third one are so tied together and the second one sort of stands on its own it's so it is very interesting in in terms of how (laughs) it's similar to the sequel trilogy because because when you get to that third one you have to think well, what was the point of this if we don't wrap if we don't bring it all together but then you have indiana jones that's just like no just as the third one. <laughs> no. And the only difference is Christopher Nolan didn't ruin people's childhoods. Like J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson did. It's because we had other 
bad Batman I think movies the, before it. Well, not even that. I, well, yes, absolutely. That's like, fair. Bat nipples that's and stuff fair. came before that. So yes, people wanted a grittier Batman and that's what they got. So they were willing to take whatever came because it, it was completely yeah. and different. And if you didn't than, like it, it, and it was really gonna, good. It, it didn't yeah. ruin Batman forever because you're like, they're going to make more of these things. I love that you said yeah. it didn't ruin Batman forever because... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> nice. I, I think I think the thing to take away from this conversation is planning is important. As someone who enjoys planning, planning is very important. And I think what we're seeing from Lucasfilm and Disney right now in regards to Star Wars is in reaction to the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And check it. Dark Knight trilogy... David Goyer wrote the story for all three movies with Christopher Nolan. So there you go. He didn't write the script for all three, but he wrote the, he wrote the story. He wrote the story. That's interesting. Um, so I don't have... Yeah, yeah, I mean, Lacey, you made a great final point. I think we we have come to the end of the of this discussion. Anything else you guys want to toss in into the mix that uh, puts a period on a, on a statement or something that we haven't brought up? I wish everybody didn't die. <laughs> I I hope yeah. that the next trilogy that they make, they don't kill everyone. They didn't kill yeah, I watched a, an old interview from 1987 of George Lucas talking to somebody about the Star Wars trilogy. And he was talking about loosely about like he's going to do the prequels one day or something like that. And they were like, he's like, I had Carrie and, and Mark for three movies. So I knew I had them all set. Harrison only agreed to do one. And then he came back to do the second one. And I had to convince him to do the third. And he wanted me to kill him off. And I said, no way. I'm not killing you off. And I'm like, oh, man. If Lacey saw this interview. <laughs> George gets it. He gets that it's not a happy ending if people are dead. But I think Kazan agreed, too. He was like, he 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 had a full arc. And, and to be fair, Han is pretty silly and doesn't serve that great of a purpose in the third one. But I'm glad he lived. I'm Honestly, just saying. Me, to claim think, that the, the, the Rise of Skywalker is a hopeful... It's so. Oh, we're not it's getting so, into that again. So hopeful. It's not. Everyone's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. James, anything else? Um. No, I don't. I don't think there's much. It, the only thing this this conversation has done for me is like the now I'm really interested in the compare and contrast to other popular trilogies. Yeah. Just being me like, too. how did that work? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, e- even things that like weren't maybe as successful, like. X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, you know, oh, like, yeah. okay, so there's an example of, like, we had something we didn't know if it would be a hit, and then it was a hit, so we made a second one, and that was so big that we completely flopped and messed up the third one, because we just didn't know, like, where to go. Another scenario is something is successful for the first movie, so you make a second one, and it's still even bigger with the second one, so then you drag out the last movie and break it Top into Gun parts. 3? I was no. gonna say term. Oh, Hunger Games, Harry Potter. Oh, that's new though. Break that's yeah. That's I hate Harry that. Potter. Harry Potter, Twilight, Hunger Games. It's all YA novels. They always break it into parts. That's a great point too. Yeah. What, what was yep. the second one you mentioned? Hunger Games, Twilight, Twilight, Twilight. That's right. Harry Potter. Uh, because yeah. they went. But oh, the last book's long, so. We're not going to cut stuff. We're just going to well, make it two movies because we want to make money. We want to make money. That yeah. that was the other thing too. So another example of that would be Hobbit. They they took the one story yep. 
that could have just been one movie and they were like, well, we need to turn it into something bigger. And we feel we're familiar enough with this world. And Peter Jackson was so good at what he was able to, he, he totally understands that world enough that we think he could fill in the gaps pretty well. And Peter Jackson is not Tolkien. So you right. ended up with this thing that was like, this doesn't Bloated. feel like Lord of the Rings. It feels like somebody writing Lord of the Rings, which also kind of scares me for the Rings of Power, which is coming out. It, I mean, the first episodes are getting good reviews, but I'm, but you know, I don't, I don't know that people are going to be able to write stories that are similar to the stories from this, the, you know, not ancient. You could say author, the same about but, George Lucas, man. I know. You can say the same yeah. exact thing. Or the Harry but Potter spin-off movie. God Godfather trilogy is another great example. First one, one of the greatest movies ever. Second one matches it. And then the third one a lot of people really didn't like. And it's because that one, even though it was co-written by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola, was not based on Mario Puzo's book. They wrote the story just for the movie. It was way further 18 years later. It feels disjointed, bad performances and uh, a lot of people feel like that ruined that trilogy. So, Lacey, to your point, second movie, huge. Let's make a third. I think Hunger Stinks. Games is a good example of that. The second movie was so good. It was the best one of the series. And then they were like, we're going to take the third one, split it in two, really draw everything out, make it this big thing. And you're, it was terrible. So, hey. should I not even watch? No, definitely watch it at least once through. But mm. wasn't that great? And X-Men but also. like a- the thing about that, Hunger Games, yeah. fun fact is that Suzanne Collins, the author, had a movie contract by the second book. Mm. So she was already making movies and then wrote the third book, and I th- feel like she dialed it in. She was like, hey, I already got a movie contract. I, I like the third book, but I do not like the third and fourth movies the as much third as the second. book is legit uh, one big marketing meeting. Well, I was I I, I kind of liked that aspect of it. I thought it was cool that they were like fighting the war. Like sure. this is we finally got to that. But I actually have a similar argument why I like the other Matrix movies. But we're getting way off. Um, way but, off. But again, it it all. But in some ways, it's all kind of interesting because it is about how to handle multiple stories in movie form over the course of so many years. And it's just like there's so many different versions of it where where they failed, where Hollywood was successful, and it's, what it's fan all reaction so will be is the biggest yeah. part. And you sometimes, never know. sometimes they can absolutely nail it, and it just for whatever reason just also doesn't work. Like people can deal with a bad Batman movie, people cannot deal with a bad Star Wars movie. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it, it, we're dealing with the most precious IP franchise. Um, that may have started franchises, and uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, great discussion. Uh, I think it's something we can certainly pick up on later on, um, especially as they start bringing back the movies and we can see how they approach them. I think that'll be interesting. Um, so hope you guys all enjoyed this discussion. Let us know what you think. Uh, your thoughts on maybe lessons learned. Did they maybe not learn any? And maybe they think everything was great. Um, so... However side of the aisle you're on on it, uh, and that's whether you love the sequel trilogy or not, because I think for the three of us, for the most part, we we do really like the sequel trilogy overall, and uh, we still see that there's other ways they could have gone. Um, but we're not done yet. We have uh, one more segment to close out the show, so we hope you enjoy this next one. 
All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. So this is the part of the show where John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter. And you guys give your answers. So this past week, the scenario is, what if Cassian Andor's name, last name, was actually an acronym for something? If so, what would it be? What is the best acronym you can think of for A-N-D-O-R? I just thought of the bingo song. And bingo was his name. A N D O R A N. Yep. Anyway, Mike Ramori at Drum Jedi is up. What up, Mike? He says, Angry Nikto Driver on Ronto. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the, the bikers from uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nice, Mike. Next is John Reese at John S. Reese. What up, John? Who says, Uh-oh. Amidala noticed Darth Vader's opulent romp <laughs> i feel like he's i feel like john had it going like okay amidala noticed darth Va- like he's got it and then he just gets the end and he's like i don't know these are the first things that popped in my head <laughs> so opulent which i admit i did not i i knew the word i didn't know what it meant it means uh ostentatiously which i have to look that up now it's like rich, rich. Yeah. And luxurious or lavish yeah. and wealthy. So yep. his wealthy rump. Yep. Next is Wolf King <laughs> at Wolf King t- 2010. T-E-N. Hey, Jeremy. What up, Jeremy? He said, all nerf herders dig oversized rancors. <laughs> <laughs> Next is I Andrew guess Staley. dig is like they think they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dig yeah. Oversized rancors. Uh... <laughs> Next is Andrew Staley at Deuce underscore Staley, who said, American needing Diego on resistance broadcast. Let's go. Come on, Diego. Come on the show. Absolutely. Get us on that round table. (laughs) Andrew. Andrew is up for our spice run on Patreon, our exclusive live chat. So if you're interested, patreon.com. I mean, our pure serotonin. I love talking to Andrew. All right. So. Next is Jetta Rosewater at Jetta Rosewater. What up, Jetta? Said, another new double of Ronto wraps. Yo, I would kill for a Ronto wrap right now. Right now? Breakfast wrap? Breakfast wrap. Right Ronto. now. I would eat two. I'm, I'm starving. I would eat 12 in an hour. I, I remember saying, like, I was like, if Ronto wraps were sold at a fast food restaurant, I would get them all the time. Me but too. if you, if, if like that fast food restaurant had like the breakfast taco, you know what I mean? It I was like, it would compete with McDonald's breakfast. You know what I mean? It would be like, oh, oh my gosh, this thing. The morning, the morning wrap. I'm so glad you got that for me, Lacey, because that was the be- that might have been the best thing I ate that whole. I was just weekend. about to say that is the best thing I had all week. And yeah. there was that one day <laughs> that we were at Disney. We had the morning wrap, and then I made John go back and get more. And we're standing oh, the there, wraps. and I'm yeah. eating it, <laughs> and I'm eating it. And John goes, "I can't, I can't eat this anymore." And then I got another one. <laughs> oh, wow. they're so good. Anyway, Semperfied Danny is up at Semperfied Danny. What up, Danny? Said a new Dilf of <laughs> new a new Dilf of rebellion. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is Cassian Dude, did Mark a Dilf? see that one when you submitted that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then last but not least is Joey Sack at Joey Sack. What up, Joey? We said, and now Dengar operates as Rothgar. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's so well done. That is Joey. a throwback. Man, that thank was you good. guys so much. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. Also, follow us on our other social media channels Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. We're also on Facebook. Definitely mm-hmm. check that out and on audio platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Thank you. John? All right. Yes. Thank you to everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Keep spreading the word. Let people know about us, especially as we enter uh, the season of Andor. Uh, it's going to be a great time on our live show. So bring your friends to the live chat. Let's fill those live chats. Let's get those numbers up and let's have a great time on those Wednesday evenings. But a big thanks to our patrons. Um, we are working pretty hard behind the scenes on our next update for Patreon. We'll give you more details when we have them. We don't like to announce things uh, when we're still working on them. But I just wanted to let you know that uh, we are... Um, Working on some updates, and we'll keep you posted with details as those come up. But a big thanks to uh, all of our patrons, especially a shout-out for our generals and spice runners. Our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Chris, uh, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you very much for all of your support. By the way, I talked to Carmelo recently. He's moving back to the States. Mel- Did you really? yeah come get some pizza he's not going to london but he's gonna definitely go to the next celebration after that so um yeah well yeah come hang out with us mellow let's get yeah like Lacey said let's get pizza again uh spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner ryan wara dave hornack thomas hennessy andrew staley and jeremy myers and i also talked to neil shaw he's going to d23 and he's like if you guys need photos or anything hit me up i was like i love neil yeah. <laughs> you guys are the best. Uh, Neil, all our patrons are ship our us a Ronto rap, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that would be disgusting. Don't do that. Have yeah, you, you have need you, some like NASA. Like, have you not foil made them? My wife makes regular Ronto wraps. I'm I, well, I'm going to, but I, I guarantee it's not going to be the same. It's not the same. They have like a special bread. It's like so yeah. good. You get your the, wife you does all that bread. stuff. Though. She's like a, she's like a seasoned veteran at that stuff, though. Especially the Disney stuff. Yeah. I'd probably burn I, my kitchen down trying to make those I, things. I think the big thing is with the Ronto wrap, especially the breakfast one, is just get the right sausage, just get the right bread. And those are things you can buy at the grocery store. It's not crazy. It's just the combination. Can I tell you? I made and then this you just del- want to put like eggs and cheese and stuff on them. I made this delicious meal the other day, and it was zucchini and tomatoes and lemon ricotta on a flatbread with some garlic and parsley. I don't like zucchini. What, what meat did you use? No meat, just veg. All right. All right. I flipped through uh, meat options and veggie options. <laughs> I would have liked this. I made a great uh, hamburger the other day, but I didn't have hamburger. It was lettuce, tomato. Cheese. I said a meal. I didn't. <laughs> no, I know. I know, but it's like, no, like John was sitting there it. waiting like, wait, wait. Well, I miss what you put as you the You know meat. what, John? <laughs> I'm going to make it and have you try it. And you can be like, you know what? Actually, it is pretty good. It doesn't need like, meat. Where's the meat? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. That'll be the teaser for the episode.
Uh, make sure everyone goes to Star Wars Newsnet for all of your Star Wars news every day, of course. As you're eating your Cheerios, get caught up in your Star Wars news. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, we're putting out our episode on Wedding Crashers uh, this coming Tuesday. So check it out. Mang. Lacey. Don't ever say that again. Uh, Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find at Lacey Gillerin. I said at Lacey Gillerin. You just said Lacey Gillerin. You can find me uh, both at Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. I added two ads. All right. Uh, we hope everyone has a glorious weekend. And we will see you on Monday morning with another episode right here on TRB. See you around, kids. <laughs>